Mum Talk. So we are up to episode 12 and welcome back. If you're new, then welcome. I hope you can find something that helps you along in your pregnancy or motherhood in these podcasts. So this week I am talking to Helene. She is over in America in California and she runs Be Fit Mums. Helene reached out to me to chat about fitness in pregnancy and also after pregnancy. So we talk about everything from what you can do to help yourself in pregnancy, how to keep the circulation going, all this kind of stuff, um, and also after pregnancy. She shares with us a lot of tips, but please do remember that this podcast isn't going to be for everybody. We are all so very different in our pregnancies, so please remember that. If you're in your first trimester, even if you're in your second trimester, and you have very little energy like I did up until a couple of weeks ago, the last thing you're going to want to do is work out, or it's even really difficult to get out of the house for just a little walk. Don't put yourself under any pressure to do any of that. This is all what feels good in your body. And Helene has just helped us to give us a few key pointers um, on what we can and can't do if we're feeling up to it. So there's a very, very big balance here of what will be good for your body and what isn't. So always make sure you are looking at doing the best thing for your body and you're really feeling what is right for your body. Don't do anything because you feel pressured to do anything. All right, take what you can from this podcast and I will chat to you at the end. Why don't we just dive straight in? Um, so tell us a little bit behind Be Fit Mums, what you do, what you're trained in and how you help um, pregnant and postnatal mums. Well, years ago, um, I started out as a contemporary dancer, mm-hmm. and so that was my, I call that my BC career, my before children <laughs> career, um, and I always kind of concurrently worked in the fitness industry because it's really hard to make a living as a dancer, Yeah, and then... Uh, I got a bunch of certifications and all that kind of good stuff that you need in the fitness community. And then I had a baby and wow, was that an eye opener, (laughs) you know, and I realized that the fitness community, especially back then was really not paying attention to this group of women. Um, And that's when I developed a system of rehabbing the body after childbirth. And I pulled together everything I kind of knew from Pilates and yoga and traditional fitness and kind of cherry-picked the best of all of those worlds and put it together uh, into a system. And that was kind of my start. Um, And published a book, Exercise After Pregnancy, How to Look and Feel Your Best. Oh, wow. very quickly uh, morphed into Be Fit Mom. Uh, and that really uh, turned into my life's work. I, I wasn't planning on it ahead of time. I kind of fell into it. I recognized the need. And then the more I did it, the more it just blossomed um, into, into my business. And, and that's how I got where I am today. Amazing. Amazing. What a journey. My goodness. So mm-hmm. you, do you have one child or a couple? Uh, I have, I have one child. Yes. Yeah. Um, how old's your, how old's your child? He's a full grown man at the age wow. of 25. Oh my goodness. Amazing. So, yeah. 
I've been, so that's right. So I've been really specializing. Well, I didn't really, I wrote, I guess, I wrote the book back in 2001. Uh-huh. So that's really when um, I really started dedicating myself to pre and postnatal. Um, so yeah, I've been at it quite a number of years. Oh, you have. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I have so, well, I have so, so much to ask you. So what's, I, a lot of um, listeners are asking about what exercise to do before, um, well, not before, well, yeah, before giving birth. So in their prenatal stage. So obviously over here in the UK, especially, we're given the advice to just keep going with what we normally do. Um, unless it's, if it's kind of walking and yoga and, um, swimming and that kind of thing. And then if you're doing like HIIT workouts, just to slow them down and to not raise your heart rate too much, that kind of thing, especially in the Mm -hmm. first trimester, we're given the advice. You can just kind of keep going with what you're going with, with me being a yoga teacher as well. I, I very much just listened to my body and I ran a bit before pregnancy, but then when I think I did my last run at about 11 weeks and it just, Uh it didn't feel comfortable at all. I didn't really want to run anymore. So that stopped. Um, and then I've just been doing a lot of yoga, a lot of walking, and then I'm super active anyway. We're renovating our house. So that kind of takes (laughs) it out of me enough, (laughs) but what, what advice would you give to, um, pregnant women out there who want to stay fit and healthy through their pregnancy and obviously get strong for birth? What, what kind of do you work off for that? Well, by far. The exercise that provides the most benefits to both your body and your developing baby is cardiovascular exercise. Mm -hmm. When you work out and your metabolism speeds up, you're then sending more uh, oxygen and glucose to your placenta, to your baby. And guess what? Your baby's heart rate actually um, goes up proportionately. So when you work out, your baby works out. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> and yeah, and the heart is a muscle. And studies consistently show that babies born to moms who have a high cardiovascular fitness level are physically stronger. They're leaner. They're, they're fit moms give birth to uh, leaner, more muscular babies. Um, they're healthier because mom is healthier. Yeah. And that's one of my big takeaway messages is that maternal health and fetal health are the same. And the coolest thing of all, we see this in animal studies, is that cardiovascular exercise actually increases brain development. And so babies born to fit moms are actually smarter. And it's up in the front in the cerebral cortex. So that is like the number one. um, And you don't have to. For moms that, you know, we're not talking necessarily that you have to be a runner. You probably shouldn't be a runner if you've never been a runner. But the other really cool thing is that we can measure positive results by women who only take a 20-minute walk per day. Wow. And that's every mom can do that. Every mom can walk for 20 minutes a day. So that threshold, 
of 120 to 140 minutes of moderate level cardiovascular exercise will improve your health and your baby's health. So what do we mean by moderate? We mean that perceived exertion, that when you exercise, you feel that you're, quote, working somewhat difficult. It's somewhat hard. So for a very fit mom, that might be a heart rate of 150. Mm -hmm. For a previously sedentary mom, that could be 120. So the old formula of keeping your heart rate below 140 is no longer used. The studies that came that get, get got that number from were very small um, and not very well designed. We now know that perceived exertion, how you feel, is very accurate. So we want you to use that. And now I'll just say one thing for my runner moms out there that are just loving that cardio or spin class moms who regularly take their exercise above what's called your aerobic threshold. Yeah. Um, your, that We don't want to go over your aerobic threshold. So if you're a runner or a spin person or somebody who really loves that cardio and you're highly fit, you can still do that, but here again, you want to make sure for those women, you don't get to the point of panting. Mm -hmm. And we, we also talk about the talk test, which is good, but you can cheat on the talk test. It's really easy to take little sneaky inhales and think you're passing the talk test. A much better test is the sing test. So give yourself a simple song like row 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 your boat you know and if you have to go row 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 your boat <gasps> gently down the stream <laughs> you've crossed over and that's where you need to just reduce the intensity so you come back down into the proper training zone of pregnancy mm. so we're really talking about like doing Making it not not necessarily hard hard work, but doing it so you still feel comfortable in your body, but that but you do feel like you're working. Exactly right. A little bit hard. Yeah. A little bit hard. And for a lot of women, uh, if you live in a hilly area, taking a neighborhood walk, you're going to feel that walking up a hill. And I do. Especially oh my goodness. I live in like proper English countryside and no matter whether you go left or right out of my house, you either finish on a massive uphill or start on a massive uphill. Right. So right. it is totally, totally the same. But I've noticed that my level of fitness is still fine, but I do feel a lot more breathless than I right. have ever done. And I think that's just a, a cause of pregnancy, isn't it? Feeling breathless. It is. More. I'm really glad you brought that up. Because what happens to a lot of fit moms, somewhere at past the 20 week of pregnancy, they feel this shift and they think, oh, I'm getting out of shape. Yeah. And then they try to work out harder. Yeah. But here's what happens. Once your baby is fully developed after 20 weeks, 
she's in a rapid growth phase. So that when you work out together, baby demands proportionately more oxygen and more glucose for you. And that demand in rise continues to rise throughout the last half of your pregnancy. And that shift of workload makes mom's perceived exertion rise proportionately. Mm. So you're not getting out of shape. What you're experiencing is that shift of workload. And it's normal. And you just need to go with it. You're not getting out of shape. In fact, the opposite is true. Um, we, in, for fit women who exercise a lot, um, end up with more aerobic capacity after childbirth than pre-pregnancy. Really? It actually, wow. Yes. Now it doesn't. We don't seem to see that in sedentary women who just okay commit to walking 20 minutes a day. There isn't that big bump up, but there's the big bump up in fit women. And when you think about it, it makes sense because pregnancy in itself is a workload on the woman's body. Yeah. So, yeah. So here again, following for almost everybody, following how you feel and tuning into the body is the way to go. There are a few exceptions, and those are the super athletic women, because super athletic women got there mm. by not listening to their body, by pushing through the pain. So if you are one of those super fit women, you know, you're running 30 miles a week, or you're in training, you're marathon training, and that you're that level athlete, or you're a college athlete, for you... Listening, well, you've got to recognize that you've been turning off your listening <laughs> part of your brain in your athleticism. So for those women, you need to be aware of that. And when something is really maybe a joint ache or, you know, feeling maybe you have belly strain, that not the time to push through. Pregnancy is not the time. It's the time to maintain, not try to push through more athleticism mm. absolutely absolutely um but then that's not because I, I have a lot of mums as well who kind of say you know I just can't think about anything worse than working out right now or going for a walk right, right now or especially in those first 12 weeks like I used to mm-hmm. be such a massive walker and I'm getting you know I love my walking and I'm fine now but in those first 12 weeks I did not want to step out of the house and go for a walk and like I would still do like half an hour or 20 minutes but I certainly couldn't even face doing an hour or an hour and a half or something like that and but that's so normal, isn't it? That is so. I want to put any mums that are listening to this who are twelve weeks and they're possibly thinking, "Oh my god, I've got to work out. I've got to work out." Right. You don't. You, your energy will come back. Isn't that right? It is right. And the first trimester, some people have it really easy and they breeze through, hmm. and other women don't want to be farther than six feet from the toilet. Mm-hmm. So. Here again, if you're having one of those uh, first tries that's really difficult, that's fine. And 
walking 10 minutes, that's an accomplishment and that provides benefits. Absolutely. So, yeah, you will bounce back. What the interesting thing about first try is, well, why? What is morning sickness all about? Mm. And what happens right in the beginning, the moment you have that fertilized egg, the, and you start developing a placenta, you start making hormones that create what are called vasodilation. So what is that? Think of your arteries as being like hoses on the inside of your body. And vasodilation makes it so that hose is a little bit bigger. Now we have a bigger hose, but it takes a while, generally to the full first trimester, for your blood volume to increase and catch up to. Because mm. normally our blood volume and our capacity are in synergy. But in that first trimester, when you've got that vasodilation, it can take a while for blood volume to catch up. And then once it does, bam, you feel a whole lot better. So that's what morning sickness is really all about, is that imbalance between arterial capacity and blood volume. Mm -hmm. And then once that, once that comes in balances, you're, you're fine. Um, you can do stuff to help that out. Um, drinking a lot of fluids helps. Um, snacking on like salty whole grain crackers can help. Ginger tea helps a lot. And because it is an imbalance in the proportion of blood to capacity here, that's where taking a walk increases circulation and can actually help that. Mm. God, that's so interesting. Uh, I've never had it explained like that. Right. Most people don't realize that there is that, oh, that's a just a simple biomechanical situation. Mm. Now, the, the thing about vasodilation is, let's say you're lying down and you quickly get up. Well, vasodilation increases the ability for your blood to just... Uh, uh, drain out of your heart quicker and what causes it bam you're dizzy mm. the moment you sit up too quickly or if you're doing yoga and you're doing a pose that has the heart below the head below the heart and then you come back up to vertical that can cause you to be dizzy so we want to avoid uh actually you, you always want to keep the head above the heart during pregnancy during exercise but you want to get up slowly roll up slowly recognize that if you are in that first try and yeah wow i'm having a tough time here that that initial dizzy spell is going to go away quickly mm -hmm. um and you don't if that doesn't mean you have to spend the day on the couch because if you got up too quickly and you felt dizzy that will go away pretty quickly that's amazing. That that I I didn't really I didn't realize any of that. That's so interesting. Um, so I wanted to talk about a couple of specific things that mm -hmm. I um I had a quick browse of your website and saw that you've got so much information on there about this um particular topic. But I'm probably going to say this wrong. 
But a lot that's been mentioned to me about diastasis recti. Yeah. Am I saying it wrong? Well, (laughs) here in the US, we say diastasis recti. It's probably the same here in the UK. I just probably can't say it and read my own writing. Right. But I've noticed. Yeah, it is. There's because I've I've always been very conscious about you know don't do specific um, or don't do you know sit ups and some core exercises focus on these ones instead that that kind of thing um, and but I mean how do you know what you should be doing what you shouldn't be doing what the kind of I mean what is um, I'm not going to try and say that again <laughs> what is well, we can just call it abdominal separation too okay cool let's do that. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so down the center of our body, we don't actually have muscle. We have connective tissue mm. called the linea alba. And as pregnancy advances, two things occur that allow that connective tissue to widen. Um, and it actually uh, kind of gets thinner in a way it almost effaces because it widens and thins. And one is just the mechanical stress of your bump pushing out on your midline. But then, especially in the second half of pregnancy, the hormones elastin and elastin that help prepare your pelvis for childbirth also relax all your connective tissues. And so what happens is that tissue, it widens for a little bit for everybody, but sometimes it overwidens because there's too much mechanical stress on that tissue. And when it overwidens, that's what we call diastasis recti or abdominal separation. Uh, Here in the U.S., we define it as being your midline being wider than two and a half finger widths. And generally in Europe, it's being defined as being wider than two centimeters. Mm -hmm. So we want to definitely prevent this from happening. Um, And one of the big things that we don't recognize about diastasis is that when you're pregnant and you have this postural shift, your pelvis tips in response to the weight the forward weight of your bump, that alignment change increases mechanical stress on the midline. So how to prevent what you said. We definitely don't want to do certain moves. I'll get to that in a second. We actually then don't want to do exercises that increase the likelihood or increase these changes in alignment. Mm. And then on the other side of the coin, we want to be doing exercises that build strength in the deepest, the most interior abdominal muscle, which is called your transverse abdominus. Your transverse abdominus, sometimes you're called your TDA, is your body's internal corset. And the stronger that muscle is, the better you are going to be able to simply support that bump as it grows. So I've got a selection of really great TBA exercises on my website that women can go and look and do. And then there's a list of prescriptions of what not to do. 
Mm. And it basically comes down to you don't want to do any exercise, whether it's an abdominal exercise or any other type of exercise that causes your bump to push away from your spine. Because that's the movement that increases mechanical stress on your midline. And sometimes it's obvious, like some of the things like crunches, absolute no-no. Boat pose in pregnancy, absolute no-no. And here's a hidden one for our yoga women. No belly breathing. Yeah. No, no. Mm -hmm. Uh. A forceful expansion of the belly during in during an inhale breath. Mm-hmm. You know, yoga is great. I love yoga. Do it a lot in my own body. But that you know, we have to recognize yoga was not made for pre and postpartum. Oh, so man. we need to modify. Absolutely. And that's a key modification. Mm-hmm. No belly thing. Um, we also don't want to do moves that place shear forces or tensile stretching forces across the abdominal wall. So no deep twists, um, no up dog. So those are the things that we don't want to do. And I've seen for some people even doing a squat in the third trimester, the moment you pull up from a squat, the belly can all of a sudden pop out. Mm -hmm. So that's what you don't want to do. And you can kind of use your belly as a guide. Uh, In fitness, we have something called abdominal bracing. And that's a contraction of your TVA, a tightening of that internal girdle before doing any move. And then you want to keep that little tightness there, that support, uh, while you do any move, until all your sets, your reps are done, then you can relax that on the other side. So that's how to stay safe. And particularly for our high-intensity interval training women, CrossFitters, people who are really love to lift, generally lifting is safe. But here again, here's that big but. If what you do causes your bump to push away from the abdominal, from your spine, then you either need to lower the weights or just not do that move for the next part of your pregnancy. Mm. So that's so interesting, such amazing information. So can you, can you, um, when you talk about the um, internal corset, is that also involving the pelvic floor as well? Can you tell us a little bit about kind of that? Yeah, great question. Uh, when your body is working well, the pelvic floor, the transverse abdominis, the diaphragm, and the deep muscles of your spine called the multifidus, they actually are designed to work together. And in fitness, we call that the inner unit. And so, yes. Uh, purposefully closing the pelvic floor, for instance, with the transverse abdominis before doing a lift is a great idea. Now, here's our exception. Eight weeks before delivery, Mm -hmm. you want to start releasing your pelvic 
floor. You don't want to always hold that tight. In, in fact, in preparation for birth, you want to start doing exercises that, with the weight of your baby, gently stretch your pelvic floor. You know, like muscles are pulley systems. They contract concentrically, but they also contract eccentrically. I mean, lengthening. Um, so I'm going to reveal a really fun exercise to prepare your pelvic floor for labor to prevent the need for an episiotomy or tearing. Great. And that is sitting on a large exercise ball. And you want that ball to be at the right height so your thigh bones can be parallel to the floor and your shin bones can be vertical. Mm-hmm. And you want to sit what's called a straddle with a wide stance. And when you sit like that on the fitness ball, all of your body weight is actually on your pelvic floor. Okay, so now you're on that position. You're going to take little bounces on the ball. And what happens as you take little bounces is the pressure of the ball as you bounce down creates an equal opposite force up in your pelvic floor. And that slightly stretches in a very passive, safe way your pelvic floor. And just doing some fun little bounces. And I have to say, bouncing on the ball is actually really fun. (laughs) (laughs) I'll have to get one. I don't have one. Oh, yeah. And you'll feel this. When you get on the ball, roll back. No, I'm feeling my bum too much. Roll forward. No, I'm feeling my pubic bone too much. Go right in the middle. And if you take those little bounces, you're going to feel, yeah, I feel a little pressure on my pelvic floor. The great thing about that exercise is that unlike other pelvic floor exercises that tend to push down or that use baby's weight Mm. into your cervix, well, there's no stretching pressure on your uterine or bladder ligaments. Mm. So, But when you press down, you actually have some stretching force. Uh, forces on your uterine bladder ligaments. You want to save that. That's a labor move. You don't want to be doing that beforehand. It's okay to be in a position where another position where you can put your body weight on your pelvic floor is if you have a hard chair at home, a corner, like a hard wooden chair, and you sit a straddle off the corner of the chair, Mm-hmm. You'll be sitting on your pelvic floor, too. And and if you don't have a ball at home, you can simply do deep breathing in that position, allowing the weight of your baby to just gently drop into your pelvic floor. Both of those two exercises are particularly helpful once baby has engaged, the head is in the pelvic outlet. Once you have engaged, mm-hmm. then you get to really use the weight uh, of your baby as an assist for labor. Wow. So, yeah. I've heard there's um, like a massage you can do as well, like an internal massage. Have you heard about that? Yes, there is massage. Um, 
it's not very comfortable. Is it not? I, you know, I haven't tried it yet. I haven't even, yeah. <laughs> a lot of women find it like, whoa, that, that any kind of massaging of the perineum, because you've got to understand the perineum, that's the area between your vagina and your anus, that tough connective tissue. Yeah. Um, that's pretty stressed already. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember trying it and going, oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> this ain't working for me. <laughs> so, uh, if it works for you, then perinatal massage is fine. Hmm. But it, it's a tough one. Hmm. I will. Um, I think I'm going to try it like once and just see see what happens. If you do right. want to do that, are you do you do it all the way through pregnancy, ideally, or is it just kind of towards the second half of your pregnancy? Or no, perineal massage is really after 32 weeks okay. or after 36. You want to be in the home stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, you know of labor before and the same thing with these two exercises uh these are these are really labor prep exercises right okay amazing um pelvic floor after birth (laughs) i know a lot of women you know that's when i teach pre and postnatal yoga they're always like please incorporate something for my pelvic floor um, so what, um, from a fitness side, um, what do you recommend to women to regain that strength in their pelvic floor after a natural birth? Well, the first thing is doing pelvic floor exercises, the contraction, the release, the contraction, the release, so that you know what a pelvic floor contraction feels like. Yeah. For a lot of moms, especially in the, the first Pregnancy, pelvic floor is a big mystery. Yeah. They're not even sure where it is or how to contract it. It's like, huh, I got one of those? Not sure where it is, right? Yeah. So if you're somebody who has trouble finding the pelvic floor, that's where I want you to go sit on the corner of the hard chair. Because if you sit there and you do a pelvic floor contraction where you really try to squeeze as hard as you can, since your pelvic floor is resting on that hard surface, you are going to feel proprioceptive response. You're going to feel that tissue change. Mm. Then as you release, you're going to feel it soften. So by doing it there, you're teaching your brain, this is what it feels like when it's contracted. This is what it feels like when it's released. So start there. Then don't freak out after you've had a vaginal delivery, that you can't feel it. After a vag, you can feel like, oh, my God, there's no there there. And it can feel that way with your core muscles. Where did they go? (laughs) I can't feel anything. It's totally normal. And you just have to ask for it. And as you get over those first initial weeks, Mm. um, using visualization is a great way of, you can get onto that hard chair position or on your fitness ball in the straddle position. 
And even though you might not feel a whole lot of stuff, you just keep doing it and you keep doing it. You know, your belly gets 40 weeks to expand. Mm. <laughs> your pelvic floor gets however short or long your labor was. Yeah. It's much more traumatic. Yeah. So it takes a little bit of time for those muscle tissues to kind of go, okay, I'm ready. Here I go. Mm. Uh, I think the problem with a lot of women is they kind of give up in the beginning. Now, when you do your pelvic floor exercises in the third trimester of pregnancy, you want to do them with a relaxed transverse abdominis. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have a, uh, work those two together because during pregnancy and vice versa, if you're doing your TBA, your transverse abdominis contractions, like are shown on my website, if after 30 weeks, you want to have a relaxed pelvic floor. Mm -hmm. Because that's what labor is about. Labor, your transverse abdominis is actually your major voluntary pushing muscle during labor. So you want to have that strong with the ability to totally relax your abdominal wall. Okay, you've had your baby, you're on your rehab, now what? Once you can start feeling the tightening of your pelvic floor muscles again, and that has rehooked in, you want to immediately hook in your transverse abdominis together. A lot of times we were like, oh, no, no. You know, if your belly moves, you didn't do your pelvic floor contraction correctly. Well, that's actually wrong. That's the really old view. Right. We want to reestablish that connection between your transverse abdominis and your pelvic floor because they're on the same kinetic chain. What yeah. we talked about, that inner unit. So start with your pelvic floor contractions. Once you say, okay, I'm feeling that, then you want to add on that abdominal compression and do them together. You can do them while you're breastfeeding. You can do them while you're watching TV. You can do them in bed before falling asleep. Mm. Here's a great one. You finally hit, hit the hay. Baby's asleep. You're finally getting ready. Oh, God, I got to sleep. But you're not quite sleeping. So what I want you to do right here, close your pelvic floor. And if you're lying on your side, cue yourself to pull your relaxed mommy belly away from the mattress. Pull it in as much as you can. And there's a transverse abdominis contraction right there. And you just work your pelvic floor and your transverse um, abdominis together, exactly how it should be. Mm. The faster you build strength in your transverse abdominis, the better your midline will close, the faster you'll establish core strength and stability, and miracle of miracle, that's the move that flattens your abdominal wall after pregnancy, which is what we all want. Ah, okay. God, that's okay. I'm just writing this down because I want to make sure that I put this in the show notes for everyone so they can really understand 
right about the podcast and how much um information that you're giving us which is amazing i know (laughs) we're talking a lot of we're getting down into the weeds of kind of pre and postnatal exercise physiology everything that i talk about here is on my website and women can always go back and review it there too amazing so just share with us your website i'll ask you to share it again at the end but if there's someone listening kind of on their laptop right now and they want to just type in what's your website so befitmom.com it's spelled exactly how it sounds b-e-f-i-t-m-o-m befitmom.com perfect so along with the pelvic floor and the transverse abdominis after giving birth like really trying to bring those back together um what what kind of timeline are you would you recommend for getting back into walking or maybe maybe like um still bike uh, or fixed bike cycling mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. swimming or i mean it obviously very much depends on the kind of birth um your body's been through right. and how you're feeling and sleeping and breastfeeding all the rest of it but I know, you know, there's, it seems to be in the press, especially, you know, there's so much pressure put on pregnant women now that once they've given birth, they've got like six, eight weeks to get back their, you know, pre-birth bodies. And yes, some people do it, but I mean, the thought of me feeling that pressure once I've given birth in September just fills me with horror. What would you, what's normal? I mean, what is normal? Or is there no normal? normal? There's probably no normal. (laughs) What's normal is not what you see on Instagram. And I have to say about all of those people that pose like that, if you look really carefully, they are very carefully positioned in the pose with a pretty hyperextended pelvis so you can't see the fact that her belly is still really big. Hmm. So I don't think actually anybody actually bounces back in eight weeks. I think you should give yourself nine months, yeah. maybe even up to a year. The mommy, new body body is transitional. It's not permanent. We all have a mommy body after giving birth. Yeah. So about rehab, walking can be done safely by pretty much everyone. If you're someone who's experienced a lot of pelvic instability or some uh, uh, looseness at your pubic synthesis, walk with baby in a stroller rather than a front pack, but front pack is fine. Get out there, try to get 10, 15 minutes a day. Walking is safe for everybody. Now, actual rehabby exercises... What we want to focus on is core strength and what's called functional stability, which is the ability to maintain proper positioning during exercise. We talked at the top of the show about the hormones that relax Mm. our body, our ligaments, our connective tissues. So after pregnancy, not only do you have a weak abdominal wall and a weak pelvic floor, you are loosey-juicy through your joints. Hmm. Ligaments that hold our, they're designed to hold our joints together in proper positioning. They're not functioning well. So that's where these special rehab exercises come in 
that reestablish core strength and functional stability. And every new mom, whether you're a cross trainer, a runner, a yoga person, needs to reestablish that. Then once you've got that base down, then it is safe to start branching off into and segueing slowly, ramping up into the exercises that you love to do. Mm -hmm. Now you mentioned to you mentioned uh, stationary bike and swing, and, and after vaginal delivery, you're probably not going to want to do stationary bike no. <laughs> because right if that's for a lot of women after a badge that's going to be too much on their pelvic floor. You are probably going to need to wait at least four weeks, maybe six, before you're really comfortable on that bike. Yeah. Uh, if you have a recumbent bike at home, you might be able to go to that early. Now, swimming is actually a no-no. Is it? In is the it? First I have no idea. Six weeks after pregnancy because your cervix is open. Right. And so if you go into the water, uh, uh, whether a pool or a lake or wherever you like to swim, then that water can actually go up on, into the interior of your body. Oh, wow. Okay. And they say that no hot, no big, long, hot baths for that same reason. So swimming is off the menu until your lochia, which is your postpartum bleeding, has completely stopped. Now, for some women, you're going to stop bleeding after three weeks. You're going to bounce back really fast. Other women's bodies are a little bit slower and maybe take eight weeks mm -hmm. for the lochia to totally response, to totally step up. Now, when you start fitness walking again, which is what I recommend to everybody, you might see... A slight increase, let's say, okay, your lochia has pretty much stopped, and then one day you're, like, really feeling strong and fit, and you go out and you do a 40-minute fitness walk up and down hills. Mm -hmm. That could increase your lochia a little tiny bit. What's safe? What's not? If your lochia is dark brown, no problem at all. But if you do something that all of a sudden, ooh, I'm seeing a lot of bright red blood, yeah. then you've overdone it and you need to pull back, wait three weeks or so before you try that again. Right. Right. So I want to give one special call out to runners out there. Runners, they want to get back into running ASAP. They yeah. love that running. Well, Running and other high-impact exercises is high-risk after pregnancy because of ligament laxity. Mm -hmm. And if you have ligament laxity and you try to run too soon, then what's going to happen is your uterine and bladder ligaments are going to go bounce, 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 bounce with every footfall. And that can cause prolapse problems. Right. So, for my runners out there, some people say, and I'm pretty, I'm one of them, we know it's completely safe to run past six months 
delivery. Now, for a runner, that's going to seem like a lifetime. Yeah. So what I want runners to do is wait until at least 12 weeks, and then I want you to start back in walking with a little tiny jog interval and see how does my body tolerate little tiny bits of jogging. If you feel joint pain, stiffness, any kind of like uh, lower belly pain that might indicate uh, uterine or bladder, bladder strain, ligament strain, stop. You're not re ready for it quite yet. Go back to fitness walking. But if you can handle uh, two or three short 30-second intervals of jogging, I'm doing okay. All right. Then you can slowly, safely increase your little jogging time as you decrease your walking, and that's how you get back into running. That's how you reestablish becoming a runner. Hmm. It's really like starting again, isn't it? Like training from kind of the beginning. It is. And let me tell you, that was my eye-opener. Yeah. I gave, when I gave birth to my son, I was a professional dancer and a fitness instructor, and not just strength, but an aerobics instructor. So I was like super fit. And I maintained a really high fitness level. And I had my baby. And I was like, ah, it's, it felt like it was all gone. Mm. And that's when I started giving myself what are called functional stability tests. Where do I function? Mm. And I went right back to the very beginning. And that's when I realized, wow, if a really fit woman has to start at the beginning, everyone does. Now, it's not a race permanently. Fit women bounce back a lot faster. But you do need to start by establishing these basic core strength and stability again. Mm. Absolutely. If there's if there's a, a mum to be listening now and I don't know, she's maybe four months, five months into her pregnancy like me and she's thinking, oh my goodness, I haven't done anything. I've been really lazy or not lazy, but I just haven't felt like doing anything um, and she's not feeling good about her body, then what would you recommend? Would you say, you know, you can still not make it back, but you can definitely improve your fitness before pregnancy or what kind of advice would you give someone that came to you with that? kind of scenario fitness walking is the key yeah fitness walking is safe um a couple of other things that are safe are stationary bike yeah particularly recumbent bike recumbent bike especially if you're somebody who has any kind of lower back issues recumbent bike is safe is that the one where you sit down yeah but you sit a little bit you know in spin class you sit forward yeah. Right. In recumbent bike, you're the you. There's a generally a back, either partial back or a whole back seat, and your generally your spine is about at a thirty degree angle. Yeah. Which is ideal. Um. So recumbent bike, super safe. You can do elliptical. You can do treadmill. Mm -hmm. Um. And you can do swimming. Or aqua aerobics. Mm -hmm. All of those are safe. Um, and here again, just get in your 20 minutes. 
Yeah. Now, a lot of women are really worried about weight gain during pregnancy. And the key to controlling or managing healthy weight gain, because we're all going to gain, but what we want to gain is baby. We don't want to put on, you know, 30 or 40 pounds of energy storage mm. as fat. No one wants to do that. So the key is eating to match your specific metabolism. I call this the Goldilocks place. You don't want to eat too much. You don't want to eat too little. You want to eat just right for you. Mm. And if you do that, you'll gain pretty much all baby and maybe put on three pounds of energy storage, three pounds of fat, which you will definitely use up during breastfeeding. Mm -hmm. So that's the key. Um, and if you go to my website, I have an app that you can download out off of iTunes, and it will run your numbers and tell you exactly, okay, here I am, I'm 32 weeks, here's my pre-pregnancy weight, my height, my age, and you can use my calculator, and it will, bam, show you what your predicted daily metabolism is. Oh, here's my perfect target. I should eat 21, 25, you know, 100 calories today. Mm-hmm. And you, you go off and you eat that. You eat to your metabolism. That is the key. High-quality food, absolutely. But as long as you eat to your metabolism, um. You'll be just fine. Yeah, with the odd treat here and there. <laughs> I agree. I completely agree. I think we need to eat 80% of the time high-quality food. And that leaves a little tiny 20% for a fun food Yeah. every day for a little treat. And I mean little, right? You don't have to – I'm not talking about – you know, a pint of ice cream in front of the TV, yeah. <laughs> you know, a little treat. It's going to be somewhere in the range of 200 calories. Yeah. And if you eat to met- a metabolic balance point, you have that in your budget. Mm. It's there for you, and you can have that. I think the balance is not obsessing over it, isn't it, and enjoying mm-hmm. your pregnancy and enjoying right. kind of the weight gain and just really being able to just – surrender to the fact that you will gain weight but also you know not not then plonk yourself in a bit of a pickle once you've given birth and then need to get back in shape (laughs) right you know the thing about the weight gain is it's not gaining your 25 pounds to 30 pounds during pregnancy if you start out with a normal uh, bmi you're not it's not anything like gaining 25 pounds of fat. Yeah. You're gaining baby, you're gaining placenta, you're gaining blood volume. You're gaining a whole lot of stuff that's not fat. Yeah. So please, you know, you hear moms looking, say to themselves, oh, I feel so fat. I look so fat. No. <laughs> you look so pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> it's just totally different. But our minds conflate those. Yeah. So what we have to do is unhook that unhealthy message because we want to gain healthy weight Mm. we need to gain healthy weight it's important for a healthy baby to gain that healthy weight and then the average mom who gains the average amount of weight after six weeks postpartum 
will probably be about 20, excuse me, 15 pounds over her pre-prey. Mm -hmm. That's normal. That's where you are. And you'll, especially if you breastfeed, um, I'm a big proponent of breastfeeding, if at all possible, exclusively for the first six months. I know moms who go back to work have a hard time, but certainly if you need to go back to a job, breastfeeding as much as you can, especially right in the beginning. Um, here too, how to lose weight safely. Here you want to eat just a squidge below your metabolic balance point. Mm. And my app will actually give you that too, whether you're breastfeeding or not. And so you want to lose weight slowly, healthily. Slow weight loss will not impact breast milk supply. And neither does exercise. Some women after birth are afraid to exercise because they think it might impact milk supply. Yeah, I read about that. Doesn't. Mm. It doesn't. That is the biggest myth of all. And you can go down um, as low as 500 calories below your metabolic, metabolic balance point without impacting breast milk supply. Right. Now, that can be kind of tough. I don't think everyone should go to that full 500 uh, negative. But so we have a lot of room here. Mm. And I want, I want moms to give themselves to lose that, those extra pounds Give yourself nine months to a year. Yeah. So how to be happy about your mommy body? Everybody needs transitional clothes for their transitional body. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> no one's, people that say, oh, I was back in my pre-pregnancy jeans by eight weeks. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> I was no worried. I think I even at one year postpartum. I think I was still one size bigger in my jeans. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so nothing is more depressing than being in your pregnancy pants when you're, you know, looking around a four or five month old baby. You are done with those clothes. Yeah. So everybody needs a couple of pieces of clothing you can buy or you can borrow, buy new, buy used, that actually fit and flatter your mommy body and when you wear clothes that fit you well you're going to look good and you're going to feel good and when you catch sight of yourself in your mirror you're going to go yeah i'm looking pretty good so that's the key to, one of the keys to loving your mommy body absolutely i couldn't agree more there's nothing worse than trying to struggle into a pair of jeans that you need to get on even when you're not pregnant and then you just spend the whole day feeling shit because you feel uncomfortable and it doesn't exactly. feel good, does it? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Completely. Oh my goodness, it has been so informative chatting with you this afternoon. Well, your morning, it's like half yeah. or it's eight o'clock, right, for you in the morning? Right. Oh my goodness. Well, I mean, I, I all my podcasts seem to be over an hour at the moment, and I keep saying I'm going to do like half an hour ones, and then I never do because everyone just has so much amazing information to share. So thank you so, so much. Is there anything else? I'm conscious that you probably need to get on with your day, but is there anything else that you feel you'd like to share with the listeners about pregnancy or post-pregnancy diet or exercise? 
Well, I want to leave moms with this thought, is how to raise healthy kids. Mm. And the key to doing that is being a role model mom. If you want your kids to be healthy, you model health. Because what you do creates the map in their brain of what they should do, of what they should follow. You want your kids to be active, you be active. You want your kids to eat right, you eat right. Um, you know, setting, you know, healthy limits, you know, like you're allowed to eat one treat a day, not 10. Yeah. So I want every mom out there to think, how can I be a role model mom? And here again, you don't have to be perfect. We all slip up. But just having that in your mental focus, that's part of your job mm. of being a mom is role modeling health. And that's how you raise healthy kids. Wow. And thank you so much. That I, I, mean, I completely, completely agree. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, it's the same, isn't it? When I look at my husband and he's eating healthy, it makes me want to eat healthy. And when mm -hmm. I'm eating healthy, it makes him want to eat healthy. And it's just it's just the way we work, isn't it, really? Right. You want right. to you want to do what people are doing around you and children more so than adults. Yep. So it's important. Yes. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast this week. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. Oh, it's been so fun. I'm so glad we had this opportunity. mums um so i hope you're able to take something useful for you from that podcast and i welcome you to open any discussion that you might have or any questions you might have off the back of that over on the mum talk podcast facebook page which is literally just mum talk podcast or you can always email me at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com i would love 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 to hear from you or reach out to me on social media just at emma jolin which is j-a-u-l-i-n Please feel free to really do use the Facebook page. I know I have been really rubbish starting conversation on the Facebook page, but it would be such a lovely thing to build. And my aim really is to build that over the next kind of month or so and start to interact with more of you on there. So if you're not following already, then please do follow. There's not lots of messages posted on there. You won't get notifications all the time. Plus, you can always turn them off if you just want to visit it when you can. Also, thank you for all the amazing feedback on last week's podcast, which was my little catch up with you, which I really enjoyed doing. I'll do another one next week so you can see how you are. I've got my, how I am, sorry. I've got my midwife appointment um, tomorrow. So hopefully I'll have a little bit of an update of how that was um, for you guys because I am 24 weeks pregnant this week. Crazy. Um, it's flying by. It's really starting to fly by, especially now the sun is coming out and I can get outside and I've got a ton more energy and we have actually almost nearly finished the house woohoo anyway so I will leave it there and I will catch up with you next week any questions just give me a shout speak to you soon have a lovely rest of your week